Uh, I'd like to share with you a message from God's Word today um, from the book of Hebrews chapter 6. And it's a message, of a question of who do you trust? Um, do you trust anybody? Uh, I know that this past year, as I have uh, lived in uh, 2020 and then 2021, uh, it's getting harder to trust anybody. There are some people you trust, though, right? Uh, right? There's somebody, right? Somebody? Uh, most of you trust your mechanic, don't you? Uh, at least enough to get in your car and drive, right? Uh, and there's, the, there's a sense of trust, you know, you, when you put your foot on the brake, that something's going to happen, uh, that it's going to stop you. Um, if you didn't trust, to some degree, your car and your mechanic, you wouldn't go anywhere. You wouldn't leave your house. You trust your babysitter, right? Uh, for those of you who have little ones, uh, when it comes to... Uh, um, you, you trust that your babysitter will take care of your kids while you're gone um, and that you won't come home and the babysitter's uh, been overtaken uh, by your children. <laughs> How about a pilot? How about a pilot? I think about that one because uh, once you're up in the air, uh, not many of us. There are some people at Bear Valley Church that have their pilot's license and that uh, if something went wrong, they could jump in the cockpit and make stuff happen. But I'm not one of them. And so when I hop on a plane and I hop up in the air, I'm going, I, I trust. I trust that uh, this is going to, while it's in the air, it will eventually land safely and I'll be able to get off at my destination. What about your surgeon? Your surgeon, if you go in for surgery, uh, it's uh, kind of an uneasy feeling, right? They put the mask over you and they say count backwards and you don't get very far and you're gone and you're having all these wild dreams and who knows what they're doing to you uh, while you're sleeping. In fact, uh, you probably wouldn't want to be awake for what's going on. That's the reason they put you down anyways. Um, put you down probably isn't a good thing to say. What about the guy who made the parachute, right? Uh, or packed it up at least, right? Uh, some of you, how many of you have uh, jumped out of a plane before? Jumped out of a plane. Crazy people. Never going to do that. Never going to do that. Uh, unless somebody pushes me. then. But, uh, you know, you trust in the guy who made the parachute, right? The one who bundled that up. Uh, that when you yank on that cord, uh, good things are going to happen and you will... Come to the ground safely. You trust in people. And, and what, what life is about is being ready for whatever comes next. Are you ready? Some of you are unprepared this morning. How many of you have been unprepared this morning for the weather? Yeah. You, uh, you, you looked at the weather report, and it, it looked a little bit better. Uh, but it, it's beautiful. Uh, amazing day. We were out here a week and a half ago, and it was uh, it was foggy. It was cold. And at least it was windy as well. And we were going up. Oh my, what have we done? But this is a beautiful day. Unprepared. What happens next? Are you ready for what will happen next? And uh, some of us, uh, I think all of us to some degree, we struggle with that. Uh, we worry about the next steps of life. We wonder 
uh, well, what if this would happen? Or what, what if this would happen? What, what am I going to do then? How am I going to handle this? And uh, we can really worry ourselves to death about what will come next. And, and when we think about what comes next, who will we trust? Who will we trust with whatever comes next? We ask the question, well, what if? What if this happens? I want to tell you that most of us make daily decisions just based on safety and comfort. We're just trying to self-preserve ourselves, right? We're thinking about how we can uh, continue to be safe and comfortable. Unfortunately, uh, the scripture tells us in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44, that we have an enemy, the father of lies, the father of lies. And as uh, he's alive and well in this world, he is continually filling us and, and tempting us with the lies that he shares. I want to encourage you as you think about the future. This is a commercial. I'm going into a commercial right now. Um, we are in a study here at Bear Valley Church or there at Bear Valley Church. We're in a study of the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel is really about two things. Most of Next week, we're going to share the one that you're thinking of right now. Uh, Daniel and the lion's den. We're going to talk about that story next week. But then in the book of Daniel, it goes from the story of uh, Daniel and the lion's den to uh, the last part of the book talks about what happens next. And when I say what happens next... What happens next in the course of God working out his plan in this earth? Some of you have been thinking about this because you've been watching our world spiral out of control. Things that you've trusted in in the past you're wondering about and you're, you're wondering if you're believing the lies of this world and you're wondering if God's going to work out his plan even in the next years. I want to tell you that the scripture tells us, it tells us, the end of the the end chapters of this life of this world, and it's in the book of Daniel. And so I, I want to encourage you that this is the commercial. Uh, I want to encourage you to come and to study with us uh, as we look at what God will be doing next, as we uh, see Him bring this world to conclusion. The book of Daniel. Um, is a great book, and so I, I, I'd encourage you to come. Well, back to the back to the message. I don't know the future. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. But my question for you this morning is: Will your anchor hold? Will your anchor hold? What whatever comes next? Will your anchor hold? When the government collapses, I'm not saying it's going to happen today or tomorrow, but it's not looking good. Um, Will your anchor hold when you get sick? You will get sick, right? Uh, everyone gets sick. Will your anchor hold when you go back to school? Some of you forgot how to learn uh, this last year and you're nervous about going back to school. Will your anchor hold uh, when your loved one passes away or when you go, uh, you die yourself? Will your anchor hold when the Lord returns? If you're here, uh, you're still alive when he returns. Will your anchor hold? In the book of Hebrews, what we're going to be studying a couple of verses this morning, 
Jesus is the better sacrifice. There's much uh, picture of the Old Testament, the Old Testament sacrificial system, and, and Jesus is the better sacrifice than that of the Old Testament. We see him as the only way of salvation, the, hopes that, the hope that gives us confidence in this life, but not just in this life, but in the next, as we consider who Jesus is, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Well, I want to share with you what we have in the resurrected Jesus. In the book of Hebrews chapter 6, I want to read to you just these couple of verses, and and then we will um, look at them in in a way that will hopefully give you courage as you uh, are dealing with your life uh, today. So let me read these two verses in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. As we look at this scripture, uh, let me pray and just ask God's blessing uh, on our study. God, thank you for speaking to us in your word. Uh, Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, who is the message that we cling to. God, we ask that you open our hearts now and teach us. Uh, God, we pray that we would not trust in anything else other than the anchor for our soul. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first thing that we have in the resurrected Jesus is an anchor, an anchor. And if you study that word anchor in the Greek, you know what it means? Anchor. And when you think of an anchor, most of you think of an anchor to a boat. That's what it is. It's an anchor to a boat. And I'm not much of, you know, I grew up in Santa Barbara and I, uh, I watched boats. I didn't go out on them. You know, I wasn't, a, I was a land, land lubber, as my friend Rob Jones would say, um, we, uh, uh, we would watch, but the, the thing of an anchor that everyone knows is that it, it keeps you in place. And it's specifically designed for bad times or rough waters. Um, there's a couple of different places in the New Testament where it talks about rough waters being tossed to and fro. And, and you get the picture, right, that a boat... Uh, especially the sails are down, uh, the, there's no motor, uh, there, there wasn't like, you know, uh, whatever horsepower motor uh, in the days of the scripture, so it was about sails. But as the sails were up, and at, what would happen? Well, the sails and the wind would cause the boat to go wherever uh, the, uh, that they desired. But when it got rough, there was a sense of it's too much, it, it, it's dangerous, and so they would have an anchor. They would have an anchor. And as we think about an anchor, the scripture tells us that we have an anchor in the resurrected Jesus. And this anchor, uh, it's an anchor that we possess. It's not something that we have earned. Uh, think about an anchor, first of all. What does an anchor provide? Um, I, I thought it was funny. I was reading this commentary and uh, it said, an anchor uh, is so that the boat doesn't get wrecked. And I thought, that's a good thing to remember. 
I need an anchor so that I won't get wrecked. Uh, I won't uh, succumb to the pressures of life and the things that happen. The anchor for the soul is that we would not get wrecked. It was that we would be stabilized in the midst of difficult times. And, and it's this picture, too, that we will maintain the progress that we already have, right? It'll keep us in place. It won't throw us back to the, to the shore. Well, this anchor, uh, it's something that we have because of Jesus. It's something we possess because of having relationship with the resurrected Christ. It gives us two uh, really connections with this anchor that is first sure and steadfast. It is safe and certain. It is something that we can have confidence in. And then this is the picture. I want you to get this, that when you look upon the future, you need something that you can be confident of. And, and as you're confident in something else, that, that that will give you confidence that you can handle whatever comes next. What's going to come next? I don't know. But when it comes for you, whatever it is, Will your anchor hold? Is your anchor safe and secure? Is it something you can trust in? I want to tell you that uh, if it's anything other than Jesus, you're in uh, big trouble. You're in big trouble. You say, uh, well, I I have other things that I trust in. It, It won't hold. It won't hold. When the big things of life happen, when the end comes, your anchor will not be sufficient unless it's Jesus. So picture yourself as that boat out on the sea and, you know, in times of uh, calm waters, it seems like, why do I need an anchor? But then picture the storm coming. Will your anchor hold? Will you have enough without Jesus? What do we have in the resurrected Jesus? As, as the scripture goes on, it says we have this, this anchor that's sure and steadfast, this anchor of our soul. By the way, he says soul there. He, he doesn't say an anchor in this life. He says an anchor for his soul, for our soul. It's for that which is eternal. If we have something, as it says in even as it talks about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, if Jesus is only for us to hope in this life, we're most to be pitied. It's not just for this life. This anchor is an anchor for our soul, for that which is eternal. Well, what else do we have in the resurrected Jesus? We have a hope. We have a hope. In verse 19, it says, uh, the steadfast anchor for the soul, a hope that enters into the place behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Kind of hard picture, but much of the book of Hebrews is talking about Old Old Testament sacrificial system and the high priest and the holy of holies. And in the Old Testament, God's people uh, would not go into the presence of God. Only the high priest would. And he would go on behalf of the people. He was the only one. 
And so it, it tells us that in Jesus, in Jesus, we have a hope. The one that enters into the inner place behind the curtain that he stands in that place that I could not go. He is the one that is in between me and a holy God, me being sinful man, God being holy, Jesus being our hope in the middle. He is the one. I I think it's uh, important for you to remember this morning that all the guilt of all your sins that you've committed... Uh, All the things that you have done, if you've trusted in Christ, he has made you holy. And and, and you might wonder, you might wonder in this verse, it it tells us, what is Jesus doing now? What is Jesus doing now? Well, he is the one that the hope, the one that we are hoping in that has gone behind the curtain. He is the one that stands in between us and God. He is the one that makes us and gives us access to the Father because of the finished work that he did on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. He is the one who has gone behind the curtain, the place where we could not go. And then lastly, uh, he stands as a high priest forever. Verse 20 where it says that uh, as he has gone uh, behind us, this is where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There's a lot there we could talk about really for weeks and we could plow through the Old Testament, but I want to summarize for you that Jesus, that Jesus stands now as our high priest. He continually, he continually forever is the one who uh, is connecting us to the Father. It says that he's a forerunner on our behalf. And the picture is, is that he is the faster boat. He is the one that has gone before us to prepare the way. That he is the one that has gone ahead and made sure that our path is straight. Our path is clear. This is what Jesus has done for us. He is that forerunner, the one that has gone ahead. And it says that he stands now as the high priest. That he is the one. It says the order of Melchizedek, and that, that's a lot to talk about. In fact, it goes on in the book of Hebrews in chapter 7 to talk about the order of Melchizedek. And if you look at, in the Old Testament, who was Melchizedek? He was before the Levitical priesthood. But he was this idea of this eternal or superior, superior high priest. And as we see Jesus... There's no longer a sacrificial system. There's no longer a need for another high priest. The, the high priests of the Old Testament, they came, came and gone, right? They, they, they were people that died just like everybody else. But Jesus is the one forever that you can trust in. He is our forever high priest. He is the one before. He is the one superior. He is the one forever. Well, I want to uh, give you three uh, summary points this morning is why we need or why you need, I need, all of us need this Jesus. The first thing I would say is this, because this life is crazy and nothing is sure. 
Can I get an amen? Last week, if you were in church, I asked the question, how many of you were here with us for Easter last week or last year? And people, you know, just raise their hand because they're, they always go to Easter. They just didn't think. But last year, uh, we, I had about eight or nine people at our Easter service. Most of them had a function. They, they were holding the camera or they were singing, and it was just this empty sanctuary because we live in a crazy world, uncertain. And, and if life is uncertain, you need one that is sure, and it's only Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus because life is crazy and nothing is sure. Secondly, you need this Jesus because without him, we would be forever separated from the Father. Forever. I, I, I don't want to use that as a scare tactic. I want to use it as a truth that because of our sins, if we didn't have Jesus, we would be separated from the Father forever. And then lastly, because he stands as the forever answer for me, the forever answer for my soul. I was poking around on the internet trying to learn about anchors because I'm not a sailboater, okay? And I read this uh, article that was talking about anchors. And it was a sales pitch, actually. And I'd like to read to you uh, some paragraphs from this article. It says, if you have loads of time before the storm hits, perhaps you're reading this before you've even purchased a boat, my biggest piece of advice for you is to understand your anchor system. Find out how your anchor ranks in the world of best settings for anchors for the seabed you plan to be anchoring in. Research the areas you plan on anchoring in and make sure you have enough road or chain. Nothing is worse than being stuck on a, a boat in high winds uh, for 48 or 60 hours not having enough anchor faith. To reduce fear and be able to sleep at night, you want to know that your anchor will keep you safe. A lady was writing this and she says, whenever I start to freak out, my husband looks at me and says, honey, we have the best anchor in the world. I want to encourage you Think about your anchor. Make sure you have one that will hold. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this morning, the beauty of this time, the message that we can share, the anchor that we can cling to. God, I ask that you would work in our lives and draw us to yourself. I pray that for those who are struggling here today, that they would be encouraged if they uh, have never trusted in you, that this would be the day that they would abandon all other anchors, abandon all other ideas, and cling to Jesus. God, thank you for this morning. Do your work in us as your people. Establish your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.